0: Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. The podcast that talks to content creators about their journey, about the lessons learned, about their processes and about the advice they would give to those who want to be content creators themselves. You may be experienced or you may be yet to hit publish or record, but I guarantee you there will be loads of insights and takeaways for you to think about. In today's episode, I talk to author and exited founder, Mr. Mike Boniotto. If this is the first time you're here, I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I think you will. If you do, let me know your favourite bit on social media, at 10Q Interview, everywhere you may look. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this. It would also mean the world to me, and I'm sure Mike too, if you share this episode far and wide. There is probably at least one person you'll think of when listening who would benefit from also hearing it. And in this case, I, I kind of mean that more than I do most weeks because it's tough being an entrepreneur, it's tough being a founder, it's tough being a senior leader in business and I think that the lessons that Mike's sharing in his book and in his podcast could be really valuable. So if you know someone who's in that position and you think, do you know what, they maybe could do a bit of a helping hand, I think this uh, episode could do that for them. So make sure to let them know. One also quick request from me before we get to the good stuff, if you do find this podcast helpful and even entertaining, feel free to return a favor and help me by leaving a review or giving a rating in your podcast provider of choice. That's enough of me rambling. Now, on to the podcast. Mike Bonayuto, a very, very warm welcome to thank you. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I know, it's my absolute pleasure. Let's dive straight in. You're an author now, and this podcast is all about how content creators can create content and I'm really interested in, not necessarily becoming an author myself, but just in getting that message across to people about how to do it, because I feel like it's one of the final things that people look at and go, oh no, that's, that's an elite level, right? You've got, you, you, know, you can go and create a YouTube video sure. or a podcast, obviously. So I guess, why write a book? How did you get started?
1: Okay, well, um, I guess I, I was, I've always been a journalist by trade. That's where I started, okay. radio and print journalism. And um, when I successfully exited the business at the start of last year, I found myself with notes, and notes, and notes of this this book or podcast or something that I wanted to create that distilled kind of all the lessons that I picked up along the way uh, and not just how to start not just how to start scale and sell a business, but also how to do it without wounding your well-being. Um, because as, yeah. a, as I write about in the book, there was a, a point in which, probably about four years ago now, where the, the the pressures of being a solo founder and running a business were beginning to get too much at the, and, and to a point in which it became far too much that it threatened, um, you know, at, at times, or at one particular time my life, or yeah. I put myself in a very dangerous situation. And so from talking and working with other founders, solo founders, joint founders, and also CEOs of multinational corporations, when people get honest about the pressures of success and how we put those pressures on our own shoulders and how that's projected from our childhood into adulthood and what that all means. I think that there was just a ton of which I couldn't find out there in the world. And I've always approached my work in that way. That's why I started Mm. the company. I couldn't see anything like shape history out in the world that was working towards social impacts, but blending advertising and marketing to do that and changing yeah. people's behavior using the tactics that make you pick up a Coke can or a Pepsi that instead make you do something as a positive impact on the world. So I thought, you know, I've always approached life that way. Let's let's okay. st- tell stories and create products that don't exist already that aim to help people. And then through a process of inevitability, hopefully it will uh, turn into a career. <laughs> and it has no. so far.
0: Good, I, it's funny that I was, I don't go on Twitter that much these days, but I was chatting to a fellow on a previous guest, actually. And yeah. He he tweeted something about,
1: <clears throat>
0: I get, we're getting deep a bit now. I mean, maybe we need trigger warnings and stuff in this, but he, no, he, he tweeted something about how he almost ended it a few years ago because of the pressures of entrepreneurship and what he was trying to do. You know, he made money, make money for his family and the rest of it and how hard it was. And he's, and I replied to him and I said, oh, look, I said, that's a powerful tweet, man. Like not many people talk about this side of entrepreneurship and, and starting businesses. And I I don't know, it's, it's it's a really, it's an interesting topic that you write about then, right? Because I think it, it's a story that needs to be told is a, is a short version of what I was trying to say.
1: Completely. And it's a story that people don't like saying. I don't even like talking about what happened to me because it's so personal. And we're taught from such a young age to shut yeah. down about this kind of thing. But, you know, you can't create something that tries to help other people if you can't tell your honest truth yourself, because that's what gives it relevance. And regard to that, you know, with that tweet, and I, I meet so many founders and business leaders now that across all ages, demographics that are burning out to an extent that it becomes too much and don't want to talk about it. But then we we sensationalize it or we ignore it. So we see it every time in the press, it's sort of gambling or fast food, it's drink or drugs um and that hits the press and we don't see it as self-destruction but but equally it's it's traditionally celebrated behavior such as serial entrepreneurship starting companies again and again culminative risk-taking and yeah. persistent workaholism it's all these things that we as a society see as a socially acceptable way of pushing our limits and yeah. and, and pushing our limits is a is a is a great thing to do <laughs> um you know get outside your comfort zone push your limits do things that you are scared of but you can't do that every single day and you cannot scale a company to the levels of which you can then hire other people with doing just that you need a ton of other skills
0: just so what was the business you exited
1: yeah it's called shape history it's a social impact communications agency so it works with good causes or organizations like the un or who to further behavior change that generates positive impact around the sustainable development Goals. Um, okay. So it's a team of probably about now 50, 55 people um, in the uh, heart of London, cool. and we also work uh, well. Work, works fairly internationally, so the team are always here, there, and everywhere. Um, And they're a great bunch. They're 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 a wonderful bunch, and I've uh, been very gracious and fortunate to hire uh, lucky, and uh, especially with the senior team, hire a, a really wonderful senior leadership team that enabled okay. us to eventually go through the exit.
0: Out of curiosity, because I don't speak to many people who have exited on this podcast, business, it's an interesting thread to go down. Why, why did you exit, if, you, if you're mm. happy to talk about
1: it? ton of reasons. And there's, there's always not one reason. And as I write that in the book, you know, it's got to be something that is both for the benefit of the company, but also it's a deeply personal experience. It's so much about scaling a company, in my nice. eyes, is about doing for others. Creating an opportunity for others in that space, and yep. you listen to your team. And all right, you want to go and start working on this type of work, or you want to start doing this type of thing. You want to scale your career in this way, and it's my job as yep. your as your boss to create the opportunities for you to do that. That's how you, I think you effectively scale outwards as well as upwards the company. Um, so, the opportunity for the existing members, the, the existing uh, management and leadership of the company to take more ownership of the business. And go through a management buyout was an opportunity yeah. to to keep going what we'd already started and i don't think founders should stay in businesses forever and like rust onto their responsibilities it's your responsibility <laughs> to keep autonomizing your role so that other people are doing it and then at the point of which you know there's no one else there's nothing else to do apart from your directoral responsibilities signing on to hmrc and overseeing the you know direction of the business from a you know, the more, what's the, what's the compass of the business? Where's it pointing? Yeah. When you've got everyone doing that around you and it's working autonomously, then the next step is to step back and there's other stuff to do. And also there's a degree of financial freedom that comes with an exit that allowed anyone to then go, right, I've dedicated a decade of my life to growing this thing. Potentially there's, as we see with founders, there's 20% of them that makes them super successful at this one thing. And so a whole decade of their life is just spent, focusing and celebrating 20 percent of themselves 80 percent of themselves that doesn't bring them money is just yeah. disregarded or forgotten and that's where the balance of us as human beings and what inevitably led to my burnout i was just completely degrading to 80 percent of myself um yeah. because it didn't make me money and that wasn't or not just make me money but further the business you know and yeah. that was something that i wanted to focus on and, and have since with like a book fair enough,
0: <laughs> fair enough. Well, we'll move on to but do you, do you have any involvement with the company still or are you completely out now yeah yeah no,
1: no I, I i really believe in their mission so i'm still on the board i'm still i'm still invested partially um and i love the i mean we're continuing the direction but it's just getting more and more exciting as every year goes right. by um and they did a, a tremendous job uh as many communications agencies um suffered over the pandemic the agency did really, really well throughout the pandemic and they made some really smart choices, which, yep. you know, I'm I'm really bought into the vision of where they're going next.
0: Okay. So let's move on to the book. Sure. So, you, so I guess with books it's, I, so the next question is about ideation and brainstorming. And I guess with books it's a little bit different because I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I feel like the, that concept is a little bit more drawn out than you know just chucking up a quick youtube video or you know doing a podcast or whatever yeah and i'm kind of curious how you went from being i do you know i'm gonna write a book to then actually fleshing out to be what that book's about because it's a little bit longer than just a blog post for example
1: yeah it's quite a bit longer actually i was really surprised when the first copies arrived from the publisher and it was this thick because i swore i didn't write that much like yeah um yeah, it's 40,000 40, words. And I was like, oh wow, that's a proper book. I didn't realize I thought it was gonna come like a <laughs> pamphlet. Um, yeah. I think, you know, what's the best way to achieve what you want to achieve? And the best way to get founders to think about their mental health in the framework of how do I optimize my performance, the performance of my business, and not just talk about fluffy stuff, but actually how does it impact what I'm looking to do to succeed? One of the best ways to do that is to publish a book. The other yeah. good ways is to go on podcasts like, like this. Yeah. Um, there's loads there's, of tactics, right? And it's the same as when you work in advertising. What's your tactics? Yeah. The book is a tactic to achieve a certain goal, which is just genuinely to help other people. Um, it's also connected me with a ton of founders that are awesome. Uh, and I would love to, as I have done already, start investing in other founders, similar to, to my own personal journey, Back in 2015, I found Angel Investment to start my company. I'd love to yep. do for others what what was done for me, effectively. So it's a, it's a great way of meeting new founders okay. and finding like-minded people and helping people. In terms of writing it, um, I just went to the coffee shop every day. I had a, a framework of what probably would have been 50 blog posts. And right. um, just started writing and writing and wanted to design it in a way that's super quick reference. Maybe it just sits in you. Yeah. When's the founder got time to read a book? Probably when they're on the loo. So, just <laughs> yeah. stick it in your toilet, and then, when you've got five minutes spare, just read one of the lessons and it's designed as well so you can make notes, so it okay. just finds relevance to the person because it's not going to be relevant for everyone as as written. make no. notes and make it relevant to your experience um, and just kind of stuck at it it was it was probably three years all in, but a year of solid like writing working with the publisher to get it through, um, which is again, it's just a learning experience because I've never published a
0: book for also well, speaking of learning experiences and many people haven't published books before how does I'm going a bit off, <clears throat> off script a little bit here but how does some, mm. that process go from like how did you get a publisher how does that relationship work I, I, I mean I've kind of got so many questions I could probably speak to you for about four hours on this but
1: yeah I guess con- conscious I mean, of time what was the overview uh, the overview is you create a basis of what the book is going to be You create a basis on what the audience is, why it's going to find relevance, and how you're going to make it palatable to that audience, um, which is why it's called No Bullshit Ways to Boss It Without Burnout, because boss it, you know, is a word that is often used, which is a little bit toxic, you know, how you're going to boss it, how you're going to fake it till you make it, how you're going to kill it. And it's all these words that we cover for the truth, which is everyone is struggling in something and we don't want to talk about it, right? Yeah. So that was a way of making founder therapy have relevance. Uh, and yeah, you just create a pitch, you, you shop it round. It's the same as when you're trying to find investment for a company and then you, you find an agent, the agent finds your publisher eventually, and you, know, you work with them to generate a product that they think is viable, because they're the experts, um, but also mm-hmm. you're the expert in your topic of field. So then you have to fight for what you want in the book. They fight for what they want. And then eventually you get probably you um, the, <laughs> the best products, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's been cool. However much it's been cool watching it, you know, be on shelves and stores, it's, it's more that I'm getting messages from founders or people who are just anyone trying to reach goals in their career. And they're saying how much they're finding relevance or they're really yeah. enjoying it. it's helping them. That's the whole point of it. Um, it doesn't matter how many they sell
0: I was going to ask that there must be some weird amount of pride that comes from having a physical book on your bookshelf or like you've got to hand there that you don't really get with other bits of content creation
1: mm, I think it's a little bit invented but I totally bought into it I mean when you first open the box and you get your yeah. author copies it went up in the office you know next to the my that favorite must, books that must,
0: that must have given you a buzz right more so than if you just wrote a blog post and stuck
1: it on your website or yeah. read on Twitter. It it does. It does. But I've learned over time that those buzzes are only the the, the cherry on top, you know? Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice. But if you just do something, because plenty of people start businesses, write books because it's cool, but um, yeah. being cool isn't sustainable. You have to, yeah, for me, I don't try and get lost too much in that ego or pride. That's one of the lessons in the book. Um, Cause that sometimes, okay. I'm super conscious how that can lead you down a path of uh, <laughs> doing things on autopilot rather than... Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm really deep when I come to answering these simple questions. No, no, it, it's, it's good, uh, I think. hey, it makes yeah, sense. It's a cool for, experience. Like, it's nice. Yeah, I've got a book. It, it's on the shelves. Yeah, <laughs> but it
0: makes sense to heed your own lessons. Otherwise, it's a bit weird, right? <laughs> you write a book about these lessons that you should pay attention to and then ignore them yourself. It's like, well, okay.
1: Yeah, Doesn't but really con- it's also a constant reminder, you know, like these lessons... Yeah. I slip up every day on some of these lessons and it, it's, it's just a constant like nudging and reminder to make us as, as you put, optimize any kind of performance in business, you're never yeah. going to get it right straight away and you have to turn it into habits.
0: True. Um, I was going to ask you a question then. So I, I, I asked the previous guest this who'd written a book. If someone asks you what you do, like you meet a stranger or someone, what do you say to them? Are you at the point Uh, yet where you say I'm an author?
1: um, I have started to say that I've written a book. Okay. Um, Yes, I have. I normally just say that I'm an exited founder, dependent on where I'm meeting them. Um, I've tried as much as possible to not mention work at all when I meet people uh, because we're we're always trained to, you know, what's the most interesting thing about you? Oh, probably your job or what you do for a living or what you create. It's nice to be like, oh, well, you know, I, BMX cycled last weekend and I really enjoyed it. I've got really into that. And um, is that a
0: real thing? Did you?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah, did yeah, it was that's cool. cool. I've been getting into it. I'm still not brave enough to go as fast as I want, but you yeah. know, we're going around corners. As I, I write in the book, once I had this really interesting conversation with a former UN uh, Secretary General about mortgages, and I love to go into a networking event and just get real with people, you know, because we're all human mm-hmm. beings. We're all just going through our, our stuff. Right. And I was trying yeah. to get a mortgage at the time. And, uh, and I, he was like, what's going on in your life? I was like, I'm trying to get a mortgage. He's like, Oh, well, to get the best rate, blah, 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 blah. I'm like having this amazing <laughs> conversation about something completely off topic. Um, so yeah, it's, but yeah, I've got, I've got to the stage where I probably just say I'm an exited founder if I'm in a networking event. Yeah. That's
0: a, that's a good question, by the way, what's going on in your life as opposed to, what do you do?
1: Oh, like yeah. Because everyone, it just disarms people. But also, it's really nice to know a bit about, I try to memorise a little bit about what people are doing in their lives, who I'm working with or who's in the circle yeah. of like client base, that kind of thing. Because at the end of the day, thats I don't know, it just makes it a bit more fun, doesn't it?
0: Well it, it, it opens the door to a different answer than, oh, I'm an accountant or I'm a yeah. uh, bin man or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. I spoke to an accountant actually um, last week and a networking event and he was like oh, i found a therapy i often talk about i do financial therapy for my clients because we start talking about why they make certain financial decisions and i was like yeah that's basically it like you're you're working with numbers but really you're working with people
0: yeah fair enough let's talk about systems and processes so yep. you've decided you one has decided they want to write a book is it a case of as simple as going to your coffee shop every morning, open up a Google doc or word or whatever, and just mm. plodded away?
1: Oh, difficult question. When um, I don't get asked very much. So I would probably say like um, persistence and discipline. It's probably the key okay. and uh, just writing. Yeah. I went to the coffee shop every day that I could. Um, they, t- they started to know who I was because I would always go to the, the same spot. Um, find a place that, you know, you really love. That's not going to have like a, gr- a loud coffee machine grinding behind you or, you know, interruptions, yeah. good power, uh, you know, someone to plug in and yeah, yeah just, just whittle through it and write what comes to mind. Write. Don't worry about what you're writing. Just write because you can always edit it down or work with others to yeah. edit it down. Um, I then had like brainstorming sessions with experts, not just in neuroscience or specialists in uh, HR, but for all kinds of people, I had loads of interviews with Exity founders or founders of companies that are scaling super quickly um, to trying, many of which didn't even find their way into the book, but many of which did. And I think it was just interesting to see people's different perspectives on how they integrate. A sense of well-being or a sense of more optimizing sustainability so they can they can reach their goals they're looking to reach and do so without um for long enough and so they're implementing these tactics of well-being that they don't even call tactics of well-being um yeah in terms of the content then through to because i get a sense that's what you want to talk about so in terms of the the content we we worked on the cover we worked with a designer um Having a bit of a design background myself, I got a bit hands-on with that, but I kind of let them lead because they are the experts in knowing what looks good on a shelf. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we just just slowly worked through probably a process. Um, once you find the publisher and start working with them, and they've accepted it, like it probably takes about five to six months once they've accepted the manuscript, all the way through the editing process, typesetting, and then finally through to getting an author copy, which you proof and, and you you say you're happy with. And then we go through further to make sure that everything's set up for distribution. Okay. The, the, the distribution, I'd say, if you're, if you're a content producer or a author or a prospecting author, the distribution planning is the key to making sure that the book is a success because the publisher won't do as much as you think they might. Yeah. They're not there to push the book as much as you perhaps think. Yeah. It's your job as an author to make sure that book resonates, hits, hits shelves, but also you have a firm. I mean, we built a distribution list of about 20,000 emails that we went out to on launch, uh, found who those people were on Instagram and LinkedIn and put out messages to them on launch day and publish day. Okay, And then the key also would be to I'd advise finding launch partners. So we've got NatWest, Unrest, which are a great accelerator of startups founders taboo who do basically this work with founders in retreats and each of them bring a database of about 20 to thirty thousand email addresses and so okay. launching a book is just a bit it's like anything that's creative it's a bit of a numbers game yeah and so how many email addresses can you crack up with your own list and with the list of partners uh, why, why, that are why yeah, would a go pa- ahead.
0: sorry i was just gonna say why would a partner what's in it for NatWest and unrest to to yeah, it, i
1: guess with that uh so well, basically it's added value for their cohorts or their founders that they have in their group you can't just go okay. out to any old partner natwest business yeah. have a cohort of founders that they want to work with to to make sure that they're sustainable the accelerator is the same founders taboo yeah. is, a, is a retreat so they've got loads of the books available for their for their founders and entrepreneurs that are going through their journeys um and i've also got them on board with the launch event So one of them's hosting it in uh, a week's time in London. We've got about 200 people coming in the room there. That's an opportunity for those guys to network, to find new founders, to find new investors. So it's about um, creating an ecosystem around your work so that it's mutually beneficial for everyone involved. But it's also a lot of nagging and what feels like a lot of spamming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I took a picture, someone took a picture of, um, I think it was like Kim Kardashian holding up like a cleaning product or something like totally unrelevant, not relevant to her. Right. And uh, yeah. they said, this is you all this week. <laughs> like just me, like plugging a book all day, every day. You, know, well, in people's inboxes. <laughs> you,
0: you You've got to do it. Haven't you? I mean, this is the yeah. thing. Like I, I was talking about my podcast with someone the other day. I said, podcasts are really strange in the sense. You'll record it. You'll, you'll publish it and you'll put a couple of social posts saying, Oh, this is out. And You know, hopefully the guests will share it as well because then you get more reach. But then you don't, then you don't, most people, myself included often, you don't say anything about it again. Yeah. It's like you've got this great body of content that you have to keep hammering. And one, one really interesting tip I heard was it feels bad to do, but most people won't see your content the first time.
1: Mm.
0: So you have to keep repeating it. And if you yeah. if they do see it, they'll be like, whatever. They you know maybe they didn't see it, and they've reminded them, or maybe it's they'll see it, but they've already seen it, so they just glide on by. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. a weird
1: One, I think it's just, I think it's separating out the fact that you see your content every day.
0: <clears throat> yes. Yeah.
1: But not many people have, and so if you're repeating yourself online, if you're creating different versions of the same content, just started using TikTok. It's amazing, incredible <laughs> platform. Um, so much reach uh very very difficult to pick up a following because people don't want to follow on that platform um but it's It's an amazing the
0: algorithm's so good
1: right it just shows you what you need to what you want to see
0: yeah
1: and so yeah that i've been using tiktok i've basically been using everything and it's felt as i said you found you feel a little bit like a even though you believe in the product a little bit like a door-to-door salesman that just keeps <laughs> yeah. nagging people you bought the book yet? Yeah. you bought the book yet? Yeah. but yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. if you're not going to do that for your own work then who is no one so yeah you have to lead uh by example but then you know I, i'm not going to do that forever Give myself the next couple of weeks doing podcasts like this and other interviews and then slowly and surely it will seep a little bit back down and yeah. it might turn into more talking at events speaking opportunities um you know curating events with other partners that the book is part of like it it becomes a bit more gentle after that
0: yeah i guess i was going to say about the partners actually it's quite an interesting angle but i guess that's quite good validation that actually if the book was no good nat west wouldn't be putting their name to it or unrest or whoever right because hopefully reputationally then that impacts them doesn't it so it must be quite validating for you that actually they like it and they're prepared to send it out to their, their lists and their, their clients.
1: Yes. I never really thought of it that way, but I guess, I guess so. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's nice that they, that they like it. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. You know, they've, one of them has bought several, a lot of copies (laughs) for their, for their cohort. And it's, it's a nice feeling, but, but yeah, I guess that, that would be the whole point of designing something fit for purpose. I'm quite yeah. functional I imagine and through this conversation I'm kind of realizing I'm answering questions quite in a functional manner like this leads to this leads to this and um, yeah. I try and back out a little bit of the emotion of oh isn't it great that they like my work <laughs> Well no I mean it, but it
0: is good in the sense that it proves that the work's good otherwise they wouldn't have bothered
1: Yeah because hopefully.
0: they 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 know it adds value to their customers ultimately
1: Yeah I'm 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 really hoping so and I I believe that's the case um mm yeah i mean there's a ton of people who probably don't like it or don't resonate with it um there's a ton of founders who believe who i spoke to in the process of writing this book who believe that well-being has no i spoke to investors who had believed that well-being or a sense of sustainability with their with their people that their founders they invest in or the content creators they work with you know that's not important just works how much profit you're going to make me the end of the year And, Mm. and there's still people who believe that that is the quickest way to build sustainable businesses and it's just not in my experience at all because you'll i think, bit, I think what, sustainable
0: is a key word there though I i'm not sure that they think from a sustainability perspective because i see it a lot as well
1: yeah but i'm not just talking about sustainability for the planet it's only sustainability for the people you invest in like no, if you don't I <laughs> yeah like it, if i'm going to invest in someone
0: yeah
1: and in five years they're going to make me if we just talk profit so they're going to make me five times my investment in five years time yeah and then they're going to burn out, and the business is going to sell or close, and I'm going to make a little bit back. Or if I really make sure that that person is coming from a good place, um, and they're not reaching towards success in an unhealthy way, they're not doing everything themselves, and you know all the tactics in the book, yeah. then they're going to they're going to run that company for 15 years, and they're going to make a hundred times my investment. Like it's oh, just this, easy, it? it's easy maths, right? But um, yeah. short termism is something which plagues the industry.
0: Short-termism is one of my biggest bugbears in life. I hate it, but... mm. Tell me about when you thought about the book originally, did yep. you have a goal of what you wanted to achieve with it?
1: <laughs> um, I laugh because uh, a lot of people in my family have asked that, uh, and I keep saying I just want it to reach its potential. okay whatever that may be. Um, I've never I've never written a book before. Um, used to be a journalist. So I'm used to my work being out there and read, but I wasn't. I, I had no expectations. I just wanted it to resonate with people. Um, so yeah. no, it's the answer. I, I didn't. I didn't really <laughs> set myself up for anything. I, I, so, so I'm pleasantly surprised.
0: I, no, I think that's a healthy way to look at it. I've, I've talked to a few people recently who have gone into a project of some description and have not had target in mind. And I and I same with me in this podcast, weirdly. And I think it's a very healthy way to go about it because as soon as you start introducing the numbers into things sometimes I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive with the next question I'm about to ask you, but
1: Mm.
0: once you start introducing numbers, it changes the dynamic a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well the purpose of the book wasn't to make money. And I would say to anyone, if you wanna make money, don't publish a book. I mean (laughs) do. Do. But uh it's it's not short-term money making um a book's not going to make short-term money if you want to make money then start a sustainable business and um yeah build it build it upwards uh so or and outwards so uh, i think like anything you know any kind of content creation it's very difficult to monetize um and i didn't want to put a monetary value on the success of the of the book it's more about how many people it hit bestseller in three different categories sales entrepreneurship and business brilliant okay That mean that that's good enough for me you know we've got a sold out launch event next week brilliant great uh, if i start comparing myself to you know are we are we rivaling simon sinek um yeah. i saw it i saw it as number two on one of the lists next to his book for like a fraction of a second uh, on launch day i was like great screenshotting that <laughs> <laughs> Before it falls, but yeah, I, yeah, there's no point comparing yourselves to no. the biggest in the business that have huge amounts of marketing spend
0: and have been doing it a long
1: time. Exactly, yeah, they yeah. it's they they've got it's a different beast entirely. Um But yeah, yeah, I don't have any expectations with the book, and I've been pleasantly surprised that it's reached uh, its potential. Cool. Did you ever look at self-publishing? I did. Yes, well, I wanted to work with a publisher that was expert in the field, and so the publisher right. that, I, that I worked with eventually was experted in not just business books but business support books um, from a more uh, human perspective. And I thought that they okay. really, they really got it.
0: Fair enough. The next question is about it's kind of it is counterintuitive based on what we were just talking about a minute ago, but it's about looking at performance. And I'm going to change yeah. the question slightly. <clears throat> Have okay. you? By analysing what you did in this book and what it's gone on to do, has it a made you think about writing another book and B has it shaped how you would go about doing that as a result?
1: Okay. Uh, I think it's too early to tell whether I would change the way I'm doing it because I'm just okay. running through the process of doing it now. Um, are, are, you, are you looking at <clears> the <throat> performance?
0: I know you said like the bestseller list and the rest of it, but...
1: Uh, I'm looking at, um, the metrics of how many people are reading the email addresses, how many people are clicking through to sign up to the event, how many people are writing about it online. Uh, you know, I'm looking at more percentages rather than numbers. So how many people okay. from this tactic are cutting through and doing this action? Right. It could be, there's 10 people here and there's three of those 10 that are doing that, or it could be there's 10,000 here and there's the, you know, 30,000, sorry, 3000 <laughs> doing this action it's more about that for me um would i write another book again too soon to 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 say um i don't like to rush ahead uh i have you got got another have you got
0: an ideas list going somewhere
1: yes I do. yeah i'd love to write a book about um our obsession to being busy because one one criticism i have of founder therapy is that it's quite specific even though it isn't inside It's quite specific from a marketing perspective to founders and entrepreneurs, but from yeah. people who've read it in all different kinds of fields of work who aren't running companies, they've said, oh, these these lessons are relevant to, to everyone. And I think it touches yeah. a little bit on our, why our generation is so obsessed with being busy and it has a link towards the lack of physical, financial and um, emotional security that we have now in life and compared to the previous generation. Sorry, getting a bit deep. Um, no, no, and no. I would love to dip into that a bit more because it's was, fascinating to see, you know, how we're all effectively killing ourselves trying to reach the same levels of success that our parents did when yeah. the the game has completely changed.
0: I was going to ask about your target market, actually. Yeah, I mean, I know it's called founder. Theory. It's, it's weird you said that because I've been thinking about that angle earlier on in the interview. Like, there are lessons I'm sure that many. F- that are suitable for founders that would be equally suitable for managers in business or um, leaders in business or i guess even just family life right i mean i am a founder of a family to a certain degree like yeah did you did you yes. have a view in, in mind that founders or is it existing founders or aspiring founders Bit of both did you did you think about that side of things
1: Yeah, so definitely existing founders, existing entrepreneurs, and aspiring founders and entrepreneurs were were target were target audience. Um, I would say that I wrestled with the idea of calling it success therapy for a long time. It didn't roll off the tongue like founder therapy did, um, but it it could have been, it could have been that. But it's two different ways of writing, and I think that your the secondary market for this book is certainly people who are aspiring in their careers, people who are climbing the career ladder, people who one day would want to start a company but are currently working for... I mean, one of the first chapters is this is the book um, This is the book that you wish your boss had read. The book <laughs> you wish your boss had read, right? So it starts off um, very much like you're either thinking about your past bosses and bad experiences yep. that you've had or you're currently yep. in that bad experience and you want to either make the situation better for you and those around you or hand it to your boss and be like, L- read this dude. Like, please. Um, I don't know, but I tr- make, you're making me, making you me laugh. Cause it, <laughs> you,
0: you're making, you're making me laugh cause you could have called it parent therapy and just swapped out. Like, <laughs> <just> said, <laughs> yeah. like this is you your, be the parent that you, you know, your parents. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. For sure, man. How funny. I guess I, I want to ask you about, creating a book so i mean i do go into bookshops occasionally not as much as i probably should because of uh the behemoth that we won't talk about online but yeah how do you stand out from the crowd right when you do go into a bookshop there are hundreds of books thousands of books and you know every niche is covered like how do you make sure yours stands out from everyone else
1: so i'd say lesson number one you're not going to pick up all of your audience in bookstores Predominantly, you're going to pick yep. up your audience online and you stand out mm-hmm. by having a robust and large distribution list and a smart marketing plan behind the book. Um, okay. I'm a, you, you know, you, you can't you can't sell anything, but anything can sell if it has the right marketing plan behind it. And so... So
0: does that mean not, you you thought long and hard about marketing plan before you went down this road?
1: might be my background because that's the agency I grew, but yes, yeah. it, it, it wasn't you know, you have to make a good product and it has to um be well written, it has to be well proofed from experts who know what they're doing, you know. So yeah. I went down worked with people who really understood that. Um obviously the the colour is a very topical colour for books. Orange that was kind of decided for me because I looked at the shelves and was like orange is the colour we're going with. Um yeah the the illustration was something there's illustrations throughout that kind of bring the lessons to life and i really like this one about a bird escaping the cage because one of the lessons is escape the beautiful cage we build these things that we think are beautiful but actually they entrap us most of that most for most of that that's our job um and so Mm -hmm. it really kind of summed up the lessons of the book but yes uh marketing but not, not just marketing a firm distribution list a firm partner list it's a numbers game at the end of the day, making sure that you've got as many different email addresses, many different potential audiences as possible before you start to go out. And what are the phases? Um, the other thing is to think about how your story changes over the course because of the, of the launch, because people get really bored really quick. So at the start, not that this was entirely manufactured, but it was somewhat thought through, say somewhat, (laughs) uh, (laughs) very (laughs) thought through. Um, at the start, you've got, hey, we've just launched a book, uh, isn't this awesome? Like three days to go, sort of thing. Oh, it's just hit shelves. Photograph of it on yep. the shelf. Um, blah blah blah. Then you've got the reviews, so you keep telling that story. Uh, then next, you have potentially that there's a we've got a, a, a review in the BBC, so we start telling that story. Uh, then Rival you do a bit of Simon
0: Sinek for the bestseller chart.
1: Yeah, I haven't quite rolled that on that angle out yet. I might do that this week. Um, but yeah, yeah, you keep man. angling it in a different way because because you want people to keep being interested in this product yeah. that's not changing. This product is stationary, but the angle in which people find it can pivot and change over time. Um, yeah. And so next week there'll be a ton of content that we get from the the launch event. We've got a few special guests and high profile speakers. So that as well be different angles that we keep bringing people back to the same thing. Uh, and right. so, yeah, I think many people, when they think about books or, or, or any form of creative expression that turns into a product, they think about it of where it sits. It sits in a cinema. It sits on a shelf. Yeah. Um, I think that's just another touch point to find your product. The real yeah. The real energy goes into your working yourself or working with others to build a, a robust distribution. List. And t- traditionally, creative people... Don't tend to like to think about the commerciality of their products, no. um, and that's why you have creative people and you have more strategic thinkers that tend to work together to create these things. So, what at what point did
0: you really consciously start trying to build an audience to support this endeavor?
1: Before before the book was was even had a name, um, I think okay. it was like three years ago. Uh, it was first called Profitable Poisons, about three years ago, and then it was called The Better Business Book. And throughout that process, it was just growing an audience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, I, I'd encourage people to to start as early as you can, because as big as that list can be, maybe the the biggest potential for your product there will be.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tell me about. I, I I'm sure it wasn't a totally rosy experience writing this book. Yeah. Kind of the, the struggles, the challenges. Um. Did you ever? Th- Think to yourself. No, nope, I've had enough. Yeah, bin it off.
1: So. Yeah, I've it about two, two, three times over the course of three years. Did um, you? <laughs> one, I binned it off a bit because we were exiting the business, and so I couldn't quite take on like writing a book at the same time as doing that. But then, through the yeah. process of selling the company, there was a load of lessons I learned, which actually then made the book stronger. That's okay, an aspiration I hope people want to go for is potentially exiting their business. And there's a ton of lessons of how you can do that in the book, too. That I picked up, um, yeah. Other than binning it, I'd say when you put out something creative, you you, probably the same you want it to have emotional relevance, so you talk a little bit about your own story. And so, there's stuff about what happened to me when (sighs) I burned out and the, the destructive stuff that happened, uh, which was difficult to write. But I'd say the biggest thing that I found difficult to write was I wrote chapters and chapters and chapters about my my parents and particularly my father and uh, because a trend I saw throughout speaking with investors and founders and entrepreneurs was that the experience of their childhood really shaped who they became and their attitudes towards success and money followed Um, and so there was a lot in there about my dad and um, I ended up Taking that out fairly early on in the experience, in the writing experience, predominantly because I didn't want to publish something that was that personal or potentially that damning to a man I love, my father. Yeah. So I I decided to show him the chapters that I'd written. I was going to say
0: that. Did you did you talk to him about it?
1: I did. Yeah, and it actually, uh, you know, it's hard to remember exactly when, but probably about two three years ago, our relationship completely changed. Uh, through the process of showing him the chapters talking about what what happened and 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 actually for me really not to get too deep but for me really understanding his perspective on he was in his early 20s um running a very small company had had two then three kids um supporting the family by himself immigrant um, first generation immigrant italian deaf mm. there was a lot of things against him and a lot of things propping him up and I think it gave me the perspective of understanding where he was coming from at the same time. Anyway, blah, 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 how people make up, you know, you, 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 you learn a little bit of the other person. And so in the book, there is a fraction of that because it's super important for founders to think about how the experience of their parenting has affected their attitudes towards success and money and commerciality and fame and whatever you're going for. Um, normally, normally a sense of validation, but, uh, there was a ton of stuff that I just took out because I was like, we've made up now so i don't want this rant to, to go <laughs> in the book and also it, it was slightly self um what's the word like indulgent it was self-indulgent yeah. and not really to the betterment of the product i was trying to make but in turn it's really nice to i write in the acknowledgements like it was nice to under. i think i wrote like nice to understand the footsteps in which you follow with my dad because i don't think i did for years
0: do you know what? I don't think any of us do. I Like I think I mentioned earlier, I've got two kids now and some of the stuff we go through as a family on a day, like every, every day is a bloody eye opener. I'm like, oh, now that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. why was my dad angry that day? Oh, I get it. Because we were a pain in the ass. Like, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's not even rocket science, but until you've kind of been through that process you've, and have that realization yourself, you're like ah, oh, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's... it's quite nice. I think it's quite nice though that so many, particularly fathers, but parents now, are thinking about how they, um, just talk about their feelings and emotions mm. so much more than, than our fathers oh, did. Oh
0: god, mate, it's a different generation, right? It really yeah. is
1: so it'll be itself. interesting we'll we'll either fuck up a whole generation of children or they'll be so much more <laughs> empathetic and more round better rounded individuals we'll see let's wait 10 years
0: <laughs> I, guess, I guess the fear is it just goes so far the other way and it's like just, you know you never find a middle ground i don't know
1: yeah yeah
0: um for sure
1: but uh, but it's tough we, we it is all tough all i've got we can
0: all try uh, have you got kids i've not no not yet no it's tough. It's like you just you just never know what you're doing is the right thing, and that it in it all it is very much like running a business, right? You try something, you think it works, and then the next day it doesn't work. And it's like, oh right, mm. is just, it like running a business? Yeah, I think so. Like it's Cause, just yeah,
1: because yeah, a, bi- caught... a business that's constantly on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught myself once or twice saying, uh, to my family." Uh, they were like, "What are you going to do next?" I was like, "I'm either going to start another business or so I'm going to start a family." And they were like, it's not the same. And I was like, well, it kind of is. Like, kind
0: of is. I think it is. You've got all
1: this energy and time, and you want to give it to something yeah. to help it grow. And yeah, it's how starting a family is definitely something that I would love to, to do with my partner. And eventually we'll, we'll find ourselves in the place where we are ready. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's funny how people say having kids is like running a business. I think it
0: is. It's a weird question. Do you think this book, do you think writing this book has made you a better person?
1: Um Yeah. I think I think the lesson in the book the lessons in the book have made me a better person. Writing them down has probably helped me remember them a lot more. Uh,
0: were you aware of these lessons before you sort of sat down and, and thought
1: about it to write them down? Um I was a yes uh throughout the course of of scaling the company as I write in the book like running a company feels a little bit like therapy and if you don't get ahead of it it will kind of get ahead of you and Mm. you'll start when you run a company you start to see that you role model behavior and so the very best of your behavior starts to get mirrored back at you and that's a really lovely experience but also the more problematic elements of your personality start to also get reflected back at you because you set the culture And that can be a really disconcerting experience. Um, And so throughout the process of that, that made me hopefully a much better person because I started to see things that I didn't like in the very, very early years of the startup. Um, and so that made me reconsider how I was approaching elements of trusting others and, um, how I was approaching the sense of the commerciality of the business. Um, and my approach to finances, yeah, all of which came from lessons I'd learned in my childhood, and also probably growing up—not growing up, sorry—working um working amongst uh, an advertising industry, which is really, really hard-nosed, really commercial, yeah. and I think I picked up some really nasty habits.
0: Mm. Well, I think we all do, but that's, that's why I was asking because it's kind of like you're self-aware enough to go, "Okay, I've learned that," and now you're writing it down to share with others, which I think is really quite cool so thanks man kudos i'm gonna change the 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 time frame of this next question it's about excuse me shadowing an author and and i'll do it as a two-parter if you could shadow any author for a day now who would it be and if you could have shadowed any author for a day say i don't know two or three years ago maybe it's the same person i don't know but and i guess i'm just trying to work out whether or not that has changed now that you've written a book as opposed to writing a book? Like, is there someone you would have loved, wanted to learn from, you know, in, in the first instance? Yeah. And then obviously now you've written one and, and you've seen kind of behind the curtain as it were, is there someone, and like I said, it might be the same person. I don't know.
1: Um, I don't know if my perception has changed on who I'd want to shadow. I've always wanted and looked up to, there's a bloke called Johan Hari and he wrote a yeah, book yeah. called Lost Connections. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I've always loved like documentaries on normally channel Four, Netflix does it a bit now where you think you're tuning in to watch something and then you really watch something else. So I remember a documentary about, and this will make a point. I, I remembered a documentary about dog grooming on channel okay. four and what you really got when you watched it was a, a beautiful documentary about the aspect of loneliness and the aspects of mental health uh and because it was focusing on this one individual who turned to dog grooming to kind of ignore her problems or or solve many of her problems around loneliness and social interaction yeah. it's beautiful and i think johan hari does that really well with lost connections like you think you're tuning in to like read a book about our connections to the world or um our troubles with addiction and things like that but really what you, what he teaches you is like the way that we treat mental health in the the world which is predominantly in the west is fucked up mm-hmm. and whilst it's maybe one half of the solution to medicate the other half is there is these seven eight lessons you can learn that we've lost we've lost these connections with the world um or not just the world but with each other and the way the technology divides us like it's really really fascinating and so i love yeah. i love people who do that and uh, i love his books i think they're awesome so i'd love to i'd love to shadow him um He yeah. is—he
0: is a very, very interesting guy. I've heard him on a lot of podcasts, and the thing is, with some podcast guests, you hear them chat once, and they they kind of sh- say the same spiel every time, and it, yeah. it turns into. But I don't think I've ever listened to him on a podcast and thought I've heard that before, or I don't know. he's just his breadth of knowledge and the way he communicates things, like you say, like complex issues into things that an idiot me- like me could understand. It's just, yeah, he's. He's very—he's a talented, talented guy.
1: Yeah, he's brilliant. The other one um, is—do you know Mark Mason? The subtle art of not giving a fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Brilliant, brilliant book. I'd love to—he's just had his work turned into a Netflix series, which is super smart. Um, I'd love to shadow him for a day. Uh, Yeah, just kind of deep thinkers, uh, but trying to turn their deep thinking into something that people can understand. So it's not like a textbook.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about you? what well, author yeah um i tell you who i really like i mean did you know austin cleon i don't no. so he he's he writes a lot about content creation and a lot about things to do but he does it in a way that they're they're very graphic heavy books they're they're very easy to read i think you you said something earlier in the interview i can't remember if it was before we recorded or not who's got time to really get and it's a sad state of affairs and that's a different conversation in itself but I haven't got all the time I really like I love reading I really do but I just haven't got the time to delve into all the books I want to read I've got I've got excuse me I've got loads upstairs on my on my on my uh bedside table that are on my list this is the ever-growing pile of like books I want to read but i kind of weirdly I'm trying to stay a bit more fiction focused at the moment. Nice. And that's, that's a conscious decision I've got. I mean, you, you may have seen from previous episodes, like I have got hundreds of nonfiction business books, marketing, content, psychology, mm. all sorts. And I weirdly, and from a therapy perspective for me, I was in my business all day and then I was coming home and then I'd be like, go to bed. I'd be like, write, read a book about, uh, you know, marketing this or yeah. how to convert this. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm driving myself crazy here. And I made yeah. a conscious decision. It's like, I'm just going to stick to fiction for a bit. So,
1: yeah,
0: it's an opportunity been, to switch off. Yeah, man. I've been on a fiction trip lately. Nice. Like, yeah. I read, it's a shame, right? I mean, we'll just maybe just pull it this reading. I love reading. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming you do as well. You yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: more audio books. <laughs> <laughs> like, driving and listening? Yeah,
0: yeah. See, I'm a podcast. I just I very rarely listen to radio anymore. But it's kind of a shame that we've gone out of this. And i don't make making mass generalizations about society, but yeah, I don't know. Looking at my own stuff, I don't read as much as I'd like to. We're going on holiday, actually funnily enough, in in the next week. And I think I'm going to get your book to read while I'm on my sun lounger.
1: Cheers. I oh, it's, it's well, kind, I mean, I think, it, it might I, not help you switch off, but...
0: <laughs> no, it might, but it's actually <laughs> now... I mean, I've, I've been following your journey anyway, but I, now talking to you, I'm thinking, actually, maybe this is kind of some realisations I need to know about my own journey. So it might be quite yeah. handy.
1: I, I did the same with... Um, there was a great book by... And thank you, by the way. I did a great... Uh, I I. Um, did an audio book with uh, Ruby Wax. She writes some really wonderful books about mental health and how you, uh, and more about kind of like uh, sort of focusing and optimizing your consciousness to get what you want uh, in a way that's healthy, which is very much in line with what I've written. And uh, I went away on holiday a couple of years ago and just binged her books uh, by, by the pool, just listening. And um, it was brilliant. I feel like holidays are a great way to you know, go and do a little bit of self-improvement at the same time as doing some relaxing. As long as it doesn't stress you out, like, they're a good chance to, like, think about... They're like save points in a in a Crash yeah. Bandicoot game. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know Crash Bandicoot, yeah, do, you get because... to that save point, and then you think, right, which way do yeah. I want to go next?
0: Yeah, because when you're at home, there's always something to do, right? You know, there's always jobs to do. There's always... And it's kind of weird. You sort of feel into this guilt of, Relaxing during, the I know maybe this is just me. I mean, probably to a therapy session now, but you don't get that chance to read during the day sometimes. Yeah, you know, especially I'm not commuting anymore either, so it's not even like I can sit on the train for half an hour or whatever. Whereas on holiday, you know, if the kids are happy and they're in kids clubs or the you know they're, they're having a rest in the pool or whatever, you can sit on your lounger and actually just say, Do you know, what? I'm going to read for half an hour, and there's for no sure. there's no guilt attached to it, which is even though I'm saying that, it sounds really weird, but I don't know. No, it
1: doesn't sound weird. I think no. There's, there's, I mean, it sounds weird respond- that there's there's guilt
0: to attached to reading at home during the day.
1: Yeah, but then I mean, you're responsible for the the lives, keeping people, keeping little ones alive, and the betterment. You know, you, you're thinking about so much more than just yourself in that instance. Yeah. So when you get a moment, as we all do, hopefully on a vacation holiday, then you can start to think about all right, where. Where do I want to go? How old are your kids? Uh, five and three. Oh, yeah. So you're in yeah. the years. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. What's their names? Uh, you, Holly, Holly, and oh. Holly and Isabella. Holly and Isabella, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Hats off to you, man, for running a business, having two kids under the age of six.
0: Yeah. I, I, well, it's funny you say that, but, you know, the similarities. Like, I think it's another thing that doesn't get talked about much, but running a business as a parent, is incredibly difficult it's really really challenging and I think I don't have many regrets in life but some one of the things I think about from a, a similar position is where would I be if I'd started my business pre-kids mm. and, you know you can but then I don't know maybe you burn out in a different way right because you haven't got that thing to pull you back to your safe point because otherwise you're just like well you know you work until midnight one in the morning Perhaps. every day because you haven't because you haven't got that thing to pull you back into normality. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that, and again, I'm generalising, but when I've worked with founders that have got kids, there is a wonderful sense of like. There's also there's things that are obviously um, that get in the way or are slightly negative that that heat their feelings of mental health or well-being towards their work. But but yeah. also there's this trend with with folks that have kids where they're like they really understand why they're doing it yeah and they're not obviously hopefully they've they've chosen uh, to start a business that they believe in that that ticks the boxes for them if they want to be creative or whatever um but that's the work but like why they're doing it well obviously they're trying to build we're trying to build emotional physical financial security for our families and that sense of why um
0: purpose just comes across
1: really really strongly and so yeah i think there's so many founders i've met who who talk about their teams going on, uh, maternity or paternity leave and like worrying about it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe, but, but also if, if, and when they come back, they're going to have a great sense of balance, a great sense of purpose. Um, yep. and you'll, you'll know if they stay with the business that they're there because they genuinely want to further it because it's helping them. You know, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a two way street. Uh, it can't yep. just be, and that's with everyone I'm going a bit off topic, but yeah, um,
0: <laughs> No, 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 get it. Okay, let's move on. Got two questions left for you, Mike. If someone came up to you and said they wanted to write a book, what would you tell them?
1: Don't do it. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. Um, I would say why? Yeah. Um, because it's a tactic, not a goal. It's yeah. there to achieve something, and I wanted. In this instance, I wanted to help people. It's not there to make tons of money. It's not there to launch another business. Plenty of people do write yeah. business uh, books to launch businesses and that's fine, but I just genuinely want to help people. So I'd ask why, um, okay. and I'd probably tell them to plot out uh, one of the tactics I found really useful is using sticky notes, and I would uh, write all of the different chapters and the nuggets of the chapters, and then every piece of research or interview with a scientist we had was on a different color sticky note. And okay. in the room room next door in the office, we had it all on the wall. I took over all wall. And you just, you know, you can move stuff around with sticky notes, which makes it really, really easy to yep. um, figure out the order of play before your pen even starts or your, your fingers start typing.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Like all the tech that's available to us all day, every day, sticky notes still seem to win out.
1: I'm it just saying, works. I love,
0: I love a post-it. Yeah,
1: I I I love the idea as well that it's physically taking up space in your home, um, because yeah. that's also an incentive to get that shit done, <laughs> like because you don't want a yeah. whole wall forever taken up, um, with this idea. You want to get it off the wall and onto the page. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. Good tips. If we spoke again in twelve months' time and you said to me, "Do you know what Chris? It's been a really successful year for me." What would have happened?
1: Um, I would have taken this this um.
0: You did knock Simon Sinek off number one for a start, I guess.
1: Perhaps <laughs> I, I may not answer this question how you think I'm going to answer. Actually, uh, okay. a successful year for me would actually be doing a little less. Okay. And probably predominantly that's the, because since exiting the business, I feel like I've jumped from contract to contract. I've been working with organisations like Virgin Startup as their entrepreneurial in residence and, and other accelerators, and then I've been working on the book. Like I have not stopped. And a big part of an exit for me was that I wanted some time to really stop. Like you're talking about going on holiday oh, yeah. and just, you know, where's my safe point. And I don't think I've done that. So to be a little bit self-indulgent about it, um, it's not, it's not about what I do next. It's just about just taking a little bit of time to be in that no nowhere place. Um, and so if you did speak to me in 12 months time, I'd probably have another product. I've got a film I want to make. Um, so I made a film about 10 years ago. It was a great experience. Um, I've got another business that I'd like to start. Uh, but <laughs> Sounds like time... you need
0: a long holiday somewhere just to, yeah. <laughs> to, to get yourself back to point zero.
1: Exactly, exactly, man. Have you got plans to go away anywhere? Uh, I do, yeah. And my family are from Rome and Naples. Oh. So every summer we get, we get a chance to go back down there, down to Positano, to the coast, which is beautiful. Nice. Uh, so, um, I'll be scooting around at a fear 500 in a couple of weeks, uh, around some very hairpin dangerous roads, uh, that Frank, uh, thankfully I know quite well now. Beautiful.
0: Rome is one of my most favorite places in the world. I just oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, it's
1: brilliant in there. If you get a chance, just keep going south because it just gets more and more beautiful. you get down. Does it?
0: Mm. Well, next time we're over, I will definitely hit you up for some tips. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on TenQ. I am not joking. I am going to buy your book and I'm going to try and read it on my sun lounger kids permitting. If what you talked about resonates with the listeners and viewers of 10Q, where can they come and sort of say, hi, where's the best place? And, yeah, I'll, and, I'll, link, and I'll link to it in the show notes and stuff.
1: The best way to, to do it is in the show notes in the links, but also just Google founder therapy, uh, okay. Mike, and you'll probably come across the website and there's a Ted talk. There's a few different things um but yeah if the best way to to reach me is to get in contact so if it resonates with you then just drop me an email
0: an email social, any social media platform you're
1: particularly oh, yeah. involved um, in uh well i've spoke about my love for tiktok recently but um probably the, the best ones are the ones I'm most active on are instagram and linkedin
0: okay i will share all those uh below
1: mike thanks oh. you so much for your time today thanks chris i really appreciate your time as always
0: that was 10q interview with Mike Bonioto. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did. Feel free to share any thoughts on any of the social channels at 10Q Interview everywhere you may look. That's all from me for now. Make sure you've subscribed wherever you listen to this, and the next 10Q Interview episode will be live in your feed very, very soon. Take care. Bye.